Do you ever wish your diapers had prints? Prints like the ones you wore as a kid. I know you can squish and I'm here to convince those kinky dreams diapers you won't want to rid. Put any print, any print that you find. As long as you find it, they'll make it on time. These custom-made diapers, they'll feel like a dream. A dream I am having for you and for me. Use promo code PLAYTIME. It's spelled with a Y. For 10% off your total supply. Because Kinky Dreams diapers are the diapers for you. They'll make your little dreams, your little dreams come true. Hello, 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 and welcome to Newsies Nook, a podcast where you can sit and relax while I try not to wet my pants. I'm your host, Newsy Baby. This week in Newsies Nook, we have a new LA pup title holder in town. Then ABDL baby bottles can be pricey. I bring on a friend to tell us how we can make our own for cheap. Plus, I bring on two friends to go over the cost of being an ABDL. This week in Newsies News, Pup Roscoe has been named LA Pup 2023 and Pup Doom has been named LA Alpha Beta 2023. Congratulations to each of them. Also in Newsies News, in addition to the events I told you about last week, if you are near our nation's capital, make sure to check out the DC ABDL Happy Hour. The next two events are happening on Friday, November 18th and Friday, December 16th. I will have details of these events in the show notes. This week in Newsies Nook, adult baby bottles. Last week, I told you how you can make your own. This week, I sit down with Alex Knight, who first posted the DIY video, and shares how you can save some money and make your own adult baby bottle. So I've always appreciated the aesthetic of a baby bottle. And for that matter, like most baby things just kind of scaled up to my size. Uh, there wasn't a whole ton on the market. And I've seen the ones from Rears and I've seen some of the DIY ones that are out there on Etsy. Um, but I got the idea for these uh, specific ones from pictures that I had seen on some other larger accounts on Instagram. Uh, these ones in particular, I noticed on Daddy I Want This, uh, which uh uh, mommy low, I believe is her name. She also runs an age play podcast. Okay, cool. Um, but I had seen in the comment section, people were asking, how do we do this? How do we do this? And she had said, uh, my baby boy found these plastic rings on Amazon. We found these funky Mason jars and, and the nipples. I think you can get at target. And I was like, that's not a lot to go off of. Um, and so I just did the detective work myself. And because it took me so long and I was so frustrated with having to track down all my own information, I decided to go ahead and make a video so I could share it with everybody else. There you go. You're doing the Lord's work, doing all the work for us because Lord knows babies need all the help they can get. So let's get into the parts to make um, your own adult baby bottle. So what, what do people need to know? What, what item do they need to get and where do you get it? Perfect. So on Amazon, uh, you can actually get all three of the ingredients, if you will, <laughs> to make your own bottle. Uh, the uh, spiral mason jars are the ones that I went with. Any regular mouth mason jar will work, but the spiral ones have that curved baby bottle feel. 
Mm. And the 16 ounce ones are the ones that I went with. I was able to get a four pack of them on Amazon for $24.99. That's a pretty good price, I think. Yeah. And they're the ball jar elite spiral craft supply 16 ounce bottles. All right, cool. What's the next item? So the next item on the list is from Mason Bottle. Uh, and I was able to get those on Amazon. My partner actually ordered those for me. Um, but they are the Mason Bottle silicone nipples. Um, I got the ones that are fast flow. They're the six, mo- six month plus ones. I actually widened out the uh, the holes on the nipple a tiny, tiny bit just to make sure that I could actually get a larger sip i get thirsty so that was important to me so i went went with the fast flow ones for six plus months and i was able to get a two pack of those i ordered two two packs of those but you only need the one uh and a two pack of those is only is 9.99 on amazon oh nice and then what's the last ingredient and so the last ingredient uh the third ingredient is more of an aesthetic choice than anything uh the regular metal rings that normally come with a mason jar will totally work with the nipples you can not you you can completely avoid going uh with them but for aesthetic purposes and just to give them that extra really really super baby touch i wanted a white plastic ring and so i found the mason top brand tough bands uh, and they're in regular mouth. I originally ordered wide mouth and had to exchange them for regular mouth so that they would fit my regular mouth spiral mason jar bottles. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you put all three of those things together. Uh, they go together super quickly and easily. They tear apart for um, being uh, run through a dishwasher just uh, just fine. Yeah. And how much did how much like at the end of the day, how much did all this cost you? Um, at the end of the day, for absolutely everything, I was able to make four bottles for $55. I feel like that's not that bad, considering that I want to say the average going price of an ABDL baby bottle is, correct me if I'm wrong, in the $30 range? That's correct. So for just one bottle from a uh, specialty retailer, you would be getting, yeah, you would be getting just one bottle for about 25 to $30, 25 maybe on a good day. Um, and I have them and they're great, but for a DIY option where I can go ahead and make four and actually have extras to give away to friends and partners, uh, you really can't beat the price. And seeing what they've gone for on on Etsy or like similar versions, um, this is just like a really great way to get a larger bang for your buck um because this is a very expensive fetish i tell people all the time or like this is a very expensive lifestyle this is the most expensive lifestyle uh as, as far as as far as like many 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 um kink sub communities go um i buy i like leather i have a full leather uniform but i only had to buy the leather uniform once i didn't throw it in the trash because i peed on it well, thank you, Alex Knight, for coming on coming to Newsy's Nook and talking about how you can make your own adult baby bottle. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. I will have links to these Amazon items in the show notes.
This week in Newsies Nook, how much does it cost to be an ABDL? That is a question I wanted to explore after I've seen a lot of comments on Twitter saying that this is an expensive kink to upkeep. In fact, I asked my Twitter followers what they spend most of their money on, and 93.7% said diapers. When asked how much they are willing to spend on an ABDL product that is not a diaper, 64.3% said they would spend less than $100. For more on this topic, I sat down with Casey, General Manager and Head of Operations of Playtime, an ABDL company and sponsor of this podcast, and Noah Gold, a good friend of mine who is also in the process of starting his ABDL business. So my question for you first, and I'll start with Noah. Noah, how much do you think you spend on ABDL products on a month? in a month um i would say in one month probably less than a hundred dollars i don't buy diapers that often and it's the only thing that i like repurchase really um and i don't buy a lot of clothes either because i have so many clothes that i like can't fit more in my closet (laughs) Mm -hmm. and a lot of the things that i buy are not like one use items so i have things that i've bought a long time ago that i have already that i continue to use and i keep in like good condition right because once you buy a onesie right because once you buy a onesie you don't really have to keep buying a new one every month right right so sometimes it might be like a certain time of year when the cash flow is good i might get like really spendy and go like in like a four month span spend like three hundred dollars we'll say seems pretty good casey what about you how much do you think you spend on abdl products in a month uh probably anywhere from 60 to about 110 dollars uh mainly for of course disposable based products uh to kind of help with incontinence but stick to the cute patterns that you like you know you got to spend that extra money sometimes uh, mm-hmm. I kind of relate to Noah, though, in that I already have so much apparel that I don't have to buy more. Um, but I do have those moments where I'll spend like a good three to four hundred dollars in probably like a quarter of a year just on random knickknacks. So, yeah. So the essence of what it sounds like is it sounds like once you buy the apparel, you don't spend a whole lot of mon- much money on that. But diapers are a big thing. And I recently did a Twitter poll saying that asking people, you know, where do they spend their money? And 93.6% of people say they spend them on diapers. No, no raise of eyebrow there. And most people say, you know, what are they willing to spend on non diapers? Um, You know, 64% said less than $100. And that's things like onesies or furniture. And people said they would 35% said they would spend more than $100 on things other than diapers. So to save money, do you, and I'll start with Noah again, do you ever buy non-print diapers just to save some money? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I've made it pretty clear that Mega Maxes are my favorite <laughs> diaper. Um, but I am like currently wearing the Alpha Gators, which are fantastic. But yeah, if I'm if I need to save money or if I really don't feel like spending a ton of money, um, yeah, a non-print diaper is perfectly fine as long as it holds the right amount and feels good. And then Casey, what about you? Do you, I think you may have brought that up too. Do you buy non, we'll call them big brand ABDL diapers just to save some money? 
Yes. Uh, I actually shop around a lot for them. So I'll go out and sample uh, medical-based brands that I can find or even just a solid white print just because it's usually cheaper. Um, there are definitely cheaper options out there, and I do prefer a lot of them, uh, especially for nighttime-based use. And then also investing in cloth base. Uh, that saved me a lot of money too. Can I pick your brain about that? Let's go into cloth diapers because I saw when I did my poll, a lot of people were like, oh, we'll just use cloth diapers. You'll save money. Do you actually find that you save money when you use cloth diapers? I find that there's two camps for a cloth diaper when it comes to ABDL. Okay. Uh, the ones that acknowledge that cloth diapers don't hold as much. And so that would be where I'm at. Uh, can use it more practically and functionally. And then you got the super soakers. Uh, I'm not going to name any names, but you got the super soakers who will just blast through it because it doesn't absorb as quickly and everything. Uh, but they're great options. They, they're truly great options if you're just light incontinence or just into, uh, I guess you could say, like light weddings in general for ABD flight. So. But are you not doing more laundry than you normally would? And how does that, yes, have you ever done no. the cost effectiveness in that way? So you kind of get like one extra load in a week. Uh, if you're doing it right, you have a wet okay. bag, you usually rinse things out pretty well uh, and then kind of store them in there, make sure they don't kind of grow smells and stuff. Um, but it can be a lot more laundry work in terms of depending on how soaked it is, depending on the stain, you then have to do multiple cold wash cycles. And so you're kind of balancing out the cost of, I just spent, you know, $30, $40 on a pack of diapers that get thrown away in a month versus I spent $60 on something and I'm just going to constantly rewash it over the course of years. So it's like, yeah it makes up the cost that you're doing for the washing. Uh, okay. I'm almost getting a sense that like maybe cloth diapers would be good for those people that just like to wear good nights, right? Like good nights don't hold a whole lot, right? Maybe, maybe two wets and then we're done. And it kind of seems like that's kind of what you get out of a cloth diaper. Maybe like a couple wets, not a whole lot. And then, you know, wash it and reuse it. Yeah. And you can also like put, uh, disposable liners in there too to extend their wear so you can do the regular inserts and then right on top of it put a liner stuffer whatever you want to call it to get that extra absorbency out of it so but i would say yeah good night is a good comparison <laughs> if someone you... wanted to switch to oh no what, what did you want to say um i was just gonna ask if if both of you have washer dryer units in your housing because I, yeah. in New York City, don't. I have no. to go to a laundromat. No, I don't either. So I was going to ask, it almost seems like it's a lifestyle thing if you have yeah. cloth diapers. Because yeah. I can't wash every day. That would be too... I spend about four bucks on washer and dryer in my in my uh, condo <laughs> complex. It's definitely I have to not walk for people a few blocks. without yeah. a washer unit. I will say that. Got Unless it. you're comfortable toting it down the street to your local coin laundromat and, you know cranking them in there and getting them real nice and rinsed out in front of, you know, the grandma down the street. So no, I don't think, no, <laughs> I don't think you would be comfortable doing that. And I wouldn't be comfortable I, no, spending God, the extra no. money. 
I'm so and it's glad not time effective. It. It's not time effective either. Right. No. Right. Because your time is worth something too, whether you think so or not. Um, oh yeah. Taking the time out of your day to go to the laundromat, which is a few blocks away, is right. A lot. Right. And so the essence of this whole episode is, you know, we always see people complaining online about how expensive things are. And we just kind of delved into cloth diapers. Is that a good alternative? Someone posted on this Twitter poll that 40 plus bucks for a pack of 10 diapers is a little steep. Do you agree? Yes or no? Noah, you can go first. I'll agree with that. Yeah. 40 bucks for 40 plus bucks for a pack of 10 is a little steep. Yeah, I think so. What about you, Casey? Do you think that's a little steep? Yes, but not too steep, I would say. Do you do you think there's any workarounds that? There's not really other than what we've already touched on, you know, buying non-big brand diapers, right? Yeah, you're pretty much stuck with either buying non-big brand diapers or buying ones that use less printing. That's where all that cost mm-hmm. comes in. Right. And you bring up a good point. So another reason why you guys are such good guests for this episode is, Casey, you are the general manager and head of operations for Playtime. So you can give insight into, you know, what goes into a cost. The person on Twitter was like, you know, I don't really know what goes into the cost of diapers and all that. And Playtime doesn't make diapers, but you can definitely pull back the curtain of, you know, it's not just the cost of the diaper. There's other things. So could you explain what goes into selling a product? What are the things that maybe people aren't thinking of when when a product is being sold online? Uh, the first thing that a lot of people will not acknowledge is the research and development for a product, regardless of it being a diaper, a shirt, a onesie, the material, the print, everything that goes on it has to be fully looked into. And you're almost doing it at a way where no one realizes you're collecting that data. And so it doesn't get acknowledged enough. And that's a lot of time, which is, of course, part of people's money. Uh, The next biggest thing is just overall manufacturing. A lot of things come out with prototypes at first. They don't really work out. You spend so much money prototyping things that you get to a point of, okay, this is the best option we have. So we're just going to stick with it. Otherwise, we're going to stick more money than we need to into a prototype. And I think that uh, especially runs true with the diaper companies, uh, especially when you're coming out with new prints, repositional prints, stuff like that. You really have to look deep into the manufacturing costs and the prototyping costs, uh, which start to bring up your in-selling price. So. Right. And there's also shipping, right? We, you know, you, we don't take into account the shipping of everything, not even shipping to, to the person, right? Shipping to the actual, the people that make it in everything. And then of yeah. course, and then of course, Noah, you, you yourself are in the process of maybe starting a business. Could you talk a little about, a little bit about, you know, actually doing it single-handedly? Sure. Maybe what you don't know about my real life is that I I make things for TV and film and theater. Um, so I know I know how to break things down on like a small business scale and on like a on like a labor scale, like union and non-union labor. And then I know how to break it down on an overseas scale as well, because those all of those things are quoted at me on like a daily basis just for my job. Um, 
but as for starting my own business, which is, uh, would be like ABDL clothing and accessories, which has been because of what I do in my real life, which is adjacent to that. It's like the way that I've always wanted to interact with the community has been making things for people to wear. Um, but every step of the way, it feels like as soon as I'm about to start figuring it out, something much like the high chair comes out. And then like I'm inundated with with like comments and complaints about how expensive a handmade item is, which like if I were to make something, it's just going to be me in my living room or me in my apartment somewhere making something. Um, but it feels almost like, well, if I'm going to put like my time and my hands into making something and people are just going to complain about how expensive it is. And sometimes it's like, why bother at all? Right. But like anything I make can be anything you want. Right. Be but what I also find is that people don't have a problem like going on Etsy and buying what I would consider like low quality garments from Etsy sellers who make ABDL closed. Um, and then they're kind of like, uh, it was on the cheaper end of things, but it's also like super low quality. And then they bring it to me to alter because they know I can alter it. Oh. At least the people in New York City do. <laughs> there you go. Okay, a little side business right. there. And then I I don't upcharge, but it, I do I am like next time just ask me to make it. Right. It's a lot easier. Right. I saw the same thing on Twitter, right? Toddler Factory came out with that new toddler chair and they had a Kickstarter going and they're they're trying yeah. to raise money and they're trying to do it for about, you know, $1500 and everyone's like I would never spend $1,500 on a high chair, but I mean, I can't do math very well in my head, but I'm guessing you spend about $1,500 on diapers. So what's sure. the difference between spending $1,500 over the course of a year versus spending money on a high chair where it might last you a little longer? Uh, a lot Casey, longer. <laughs> it seemed like you had a, a visual reaction to the toddler high chair. What what were what were your thoughts as as someone that's part of a business? What was your thought on the toddler high chair? The idea actually uh, really captivated the whole entire playtime team when it first came out. Uh, we were fully uh, willing to support them in any way we could. Um. I don't think it launched too well, though, or at least received launch. It did not go well. Uh, one of the factors is the $1,500 price tag. Uh, it's hard to really talk yourself into doing a large-scale investment like that. And that's what you have to look at when you're making stuff like a high chair. If you're not offering a payment plan, this is a large-scale investment into an item that has to have multiple uses, but also needs to be easily move aroundable. Uh, you got to be able to store it and stuff. Not everybody has that open access. Right. So I kind of understood the price. Uh, it, I just, I think the campaigning for it to really get it to go and launch like they want it to could be a little better, just a little better. I'll play a devil's advocate. So, of course, you know, <laughs> they they hadn't started. I think this is like one of their first products minus like maybe stickers and, and T-shirts, which, you know, you could obviously outsource to another manufacturer, have them print it, and then, you know, they sell it off somewhere. They're actually building the high chair. 
and they needed to raise capital for it. So my devil's advocate question is, how do you raise capital with a payment plan? So it's really hard to do and you can't do a payment plan until after you've actually released the product. Um, which is where you're kind of at, like, you call it the catch 22 situation. Mm-hmm. You need the funds, but you can't get the funds because people also need those funds. So to live your normal life, you need those funds, but you also want to support this business, but you can't support, you know, the original goal of $150,000 worth. Um, even at a 15 K price tag, it's really hard to say, yeah, this is, this is a good investment for me to do. Uh, so it makes it harder to do anything without a payment plan, but then you can't get the payment plan until you show proof that the product is selling and everything. Which is hard to do if they're just starting out. How do you get reviews if you can't, if you haven't sold your first one? Yeah. Uh, I just, It's a vicious cycle. Noah? I feel like there's a larger conversation about this too that is like, like, um, being embarrassed about not being able to afford something and then being upset about that, that you can't have something that you want, which is understandable um, because of like the society that we exist in that is totally controlled by money. Right. And when you can't afford something, I think a lot of people feel a little bit of shame that is like, I I can't believe this is so expensive and that it's because the other part of that conversation is I can't believe it's so expensive and I want it and I can't have it. So it's like, I want it, but I can't afford it. And that brings me a little bit of shame. And it reminds me, um, (laughs) my friends and I in the city talk about the only like really relatable episode of friends is when, um, Phoebe and Joey have to explain to everyone else that they can't afford to go out to dinner. And it's like, they spend the whole episode trying to figure out how to tell their friends that they can't afford to keep going out to dinner with them. And as the, I like, I am the poor friend of my friend group. Um, and it's sometimes it is embarrassing to be like, I can't go to that restaurant with, with you guys. I'll see you another time or suck it up. And like, and like, cut it really close for your bills maybe by going to this expensive restaurant. But so when an item like the high chair comes out that you're like, this is clearly high quality. It's not like Ikea furniture, Mm -hmm. um, but I can't afford it at the same time, but it looks good. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, that makes sense because I definitely feel it a little bit sometimes when I go to diaper active or any other ABDL event and I've literally showed up with the same onesie and you probably saw me in the same pack of di- like the same diaper from the same pack the last event because I just don't go through diapers as much because my brain is constantly thinking about like okay sure I could wear today or I could save this diaper for the next event so then at least I have a diaper for the next event that's how I'm yeah, constantly we're, thinking we're always trying to be cost effective with our costly kink <laughs> right yeah yeah well okay let's go into that because well first let me ask the question because casey i want your uh put on it do you do you think that's a big thing uh at least for you or people you know in your part of the abdl community do you think there's a lot of jealousy within kink in terms of cost 
Do you see that a lot? Yes, uh, because the jealousy reaches beyond costs, and cost is just one of those. So right. you kind of look at somebody and you see how they're posting uh, and you see what they have in their posts. Maybe they got that full playroom, you know, beautiful kids stickers everywhere, just living the life. And you become so jealous that you then see the price tag for these items and you're like, well, that's just too much. I'm not going to do that. And it almost creates this like interior, I wouldn't say hate, but definitely angst towards the people that can't afford it yeah i mean you, you bring 100%. up a very good yeah well especially yeah. since you know a lot of our abdl profiles are personas of they are ourselves but not ourselves so we can we can create whatever fan i can create whatever fantasy i want newsy baby to be but at the end of the day the person who is playing the role of newsy baby only makes x amount of money and I can't fulfill that fantasy that maybe other people have about Newsy Baby. It's like Newsy Baby isn't rolling in dough, unfortunately. I can't wear a different outfit to every event. And so I totally feel the whole jealousy of this kink. What I want to ask is, do you think ABDL is one of the most expensive kinks out there? Um, Casey, I'll start with you. God, yes. God, yes. Uh, ABDL... And I don't want the middles and the bigs out there to feel excluded. But unfortunately, the majority of ABDL is the adult babies and the diaper lovers. And that just instinctually means diapers, disposable base things, something that's going to get thrown away. So you can almost argue it's a money throwing away cake because that's all we're doing is we're pissing away our money and then just throwing it in the trash and letting it go to a landfill and never seeing it again all just for that you know pocket window of happiness and warmth uh so yeah yeah totally agree uh noah what what's your sentiment is abdl <laughs> one of the most expensive kinks out there uh, yes and you brought up a really good point actually about going to multiple events in the same outfit because that is expensive to to know that you're going to go to an event see the same people and be like, I have to turn out a, a look that isn't last week's look. And I know, like, <laughs> at least in New York City, like, there are plenty of gay bars and and things to do. But I can't go rolling out in, like, ABDL to any gay bars. So, like, everyone else's kink, kink gear, at least, is, like, applicable to any other gay bar in anywhere, right? Like, you could wear a leather harness. You could wear the leather vest. You could wear rubber pants. Um, and those would be like acceptable because fetish wear is in high fashion right now. But like we buy these so extremely specialty items that are like, well, this isn't really the look that that this gay bar is looking for. And I'm not going to find the people that I want to find wearing a onesie out and about. So <laughs> but to go back to the to the original point. Of like, I also don't like wearing the same outfit to all the different parties, especially when there's like, you know, a party every two weeks or something like that. It's like, I can't wear the same overall and onesie combo. A of all, because I have not done laundry that quickly because <laughs> I have to take mine to a laundromat. <laughs> B of all, because, because everyone here knows what I do for a living, it feels a little like expectation wise, I should probably look pretty good. <laughs> 
oh, because they know that you work with clothing and yeah. stuff all the time. So they're like, why yeah. can't you just pull out a new outfit out of your back pocket? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, no, you also bring up a very good point of you're right. Our kink, we can't go to a gay bar just in a onesie like that, like. Maybe you want to be out and proud, but like that could only get you so far where, you know, people with pup masks can go to a non-pup event in a pup mask. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. That's their kink. Great. Sure. But we have to play or, this eggshell game. Or it's game. not their kink. Or it's not their kink and they just want to be an anonymous person in a room, right? Because they're wearing a mask. So it's applicable in all. So like their one item that they bought is applicable at all times throughout the year. Whereas like my long sleeve onesie doesn't work in the summer and my short alls don't work in the winter. <laughs> so I have, I have like a seasonal wardrobe for a kink. Why? <laughs> there you go. Casey, do you have anything to add on, on the topic? I think it's kind of like going back to what I said about cloth diapers with being an investment. Uh, other kinks and their gear is just an investment. Uh, I'm not a part of the pup community, but I follow it very closely. And I've seen the process that goes into picking a pup mask. And it seems like a long, grueling process just to make sure you got the right pup mask that you're going to love and cherish for forever. And so that kind of brings it more of an attachment and filling up an investment versus our gear, which is limited where you can wear it outside of the bedroom. And then half of it gets thrown away. Yeah. So you're not really looking at it too much of an investment as much as just a fun one-off thing, even if you're living that full ABDL fantasy. Totally. Right. No, and you also, and I don't want to discredit people that are into rubber or pup gear because that stuff is actually very expensive. Like, Oh, yes. yes. But Definitely. I think, right. But I think the point that we're making is you can, if you pot one pup mask, that will last you way longer than the diaper I'm sitting in or way longer than the onesie that I'm in. Yeah. Uh, let's go into, do you, so let me ask this question and it might be a controversial question. So I'm going to say it very carefully. Do you think that there, is it easier for a diaper company to succeed in the age play community versus a clothing company in the age play community? Casey, I'll start with you. 100% yes. Um, clothing can be done almost at a dime a dozen when it comes to large-scale manufacturing. And there's several companies out there that do print-on-demand that companies use. But when it comes to a diaper company, you're buying the machines or you have a very specific manufacturer that you're going to. So you're already sinking a lot of money into it for it to succeed. You know exactly what you want to come out of it, and you know exactly who you're going to throw it at. And you're throwing it at a group of people who are willing to spend 40 to $50 for one pack that has a silly little cartoon character on it. So for sure, you're definitely going to succeed, especially because most people don't see a practical use in the ABDL clothing side outside of just an in the age regression play kind of wear uh when you're actually doing the act of age regression so right no what is your take on it 
Uh, I agree. I agree on on all points. And like we mentioned before, you get longevity from clothing that you don't get from diapers. So like there's always a constant need to buy more diapers and thusly a company who's just producing diapers could potentially survive a lot easier and better than a company that's doing clothing. Right. And it almost kind of feels a little bit like, you know, if we were, if I, cause I'm constantly thinking like I don't have any money at all, you know, maybe I won't spend money on a t-shirt because in my head, I'm like, you know, I don't really need a t-shirt to be an AB, right? Like if I was thinking about it, about staples in the community, it's like onesie diaper. Great. Do I need a t-shirt? No. So maybe I won't spend money on a t-shirt. And I think that's the constant struggle I see with, with, age play apparel companies because it's like they're selling t-shirts but at the back of my head i'm always like i don't need a t-shirt to be abdl so how, like yes i want to help you out but if i'm trying to save money maybe i won't buy a t-shirt casey do you do you feel like that's sometimes the issue that you find when you're selling t-shirts and stuff in the age play community yeah um so let's talk about onesies first when it comes to it. Okay. Uh, that is literally the most iconic thing for an ABDL is a onesie. Even though probably the majority of us spent most of our adolescence outside of onesies, we still just think of onesies. Now, I'm willing to die on a rock and say that t-shirt and diaper all day, that's all you need. So, you know, buy more t-shirts. But... You're limited with the onesie that you just bought because you wanted that iconic bab look. You're now having to hide it under your clothes to wear it out. You can only wear it, you know, indoors or at an event. But I can take a cute t-shirt and I wore them when I worked at Amazon at work and I was getting compliments left and right. And no one would be the wiser and I still felt like my little self a little bit. So, yeah. Uh, people are more inclined to buy a onesie just for that one quick feeling, just like they get with a diaper. Uh, and it makes it a lot harder as somebody who sells apparel outside of onesies to try to even approach the market where there's already a clear king of ABDL apparel. Cough, cough, onesie down under. Mm. Noah, do you have anything to add to the, add to the topic? <laughs> I agree. I think... I think onesies are overrated as an item. And I think that yes. t-shirts, and I'll show you what I'm wearing. I'm wearing a Winnie the Pooh t-shirt right now. It's a white t-shirt with like black outings on like the neck and sleeves. And there's a Winnie the Pooh. What does it say? A good book is what? Is a good friend. It's, it's a good friend. It's a good, yeah. Um, and this is what I wore to the event today that we had. Um, Did you get compliments? Yes. People were like, I love your Winnie the Pooh shirt. <laughs> And like people, I have a frog and toad are friends shirt. Also, that one gets tons of compliments when I go out just in, in life. People are like, I love that book. That's so exciting. Where'd you get the shirt? But I'm like, it's a kid's book and I'm wearing it because I'm ABDL. <laughs> no, I don't say that to them, but I am a giant you know, baby. But I, but I also agree like onesie and diaper is the most comfortable. Uh, sorry. T-shirt and diaper is the most comfortable. And yeah, like you buy the onesie because everybody has a onesie or like 18 onesies. And you're like, gosh, what's the deal? I have to get these onesies. And then 
at least for me, like I, I have a ton and I never wear them. Like they never seem, they, A of all, they never seem weather appropriate and they never seem like place appropriate. They're only play, play appropriate. Right. And how much, yeah. how many of us are actually like meeting up with people and like playing and having that fantasy? I maybe six, maybe like four times out of the year for me. Right. N- not in a big city because we're all busy. <laughs> Trying to survive rent and everything yeah. else. Yeah. Cause I can't even afford rent yet. <laughs> I'd like to point out that it's kind of ironic. Well, at least here in the South, I can speak on this because we have a big thing with Walmart fashion here in the South. Um, <laughs> okay. You have more adults inclined to buy those Ren and Stimpy and Nickelodeon shirts they find at Walmart than you do an ABDL to find something that they genuinely connect with, even if it's just a simple shirt with a pattern. And I do you think that's because of cost effectiveness? Like Walmart is famously low cost. Oh, for sure. That I think that also plays into just the broad span of ABDL apparel outside of onesies. Sure. Uh, short alls and all, because I know short alls are still pretty popular, but not everybody can afford that extra twenty dollars that got spent into putting snap crotches on the yeah. center. Yeah. Uh, so you look for cost effective alternatives. And that's where you kind of get that, well, I'm not going to buy this because it's not practical when I can get it at Walmart or something like Walmart for way cheaper versus a onesie. You're not going to find that onesie in your local Walmart, your local Goodwill, uh, just hanging out on the street in a yard sale. The chances of you finding that are pretty much none. So you get this association in your mind with, okay, this shirt, it costs way more than what I would buy for a shirt. So I'm not going to buy it. But then you'll head over to any other site with diapers, onesies, anything like that. And you're fully willing to drop 60 to, I've seen in a survey I did, people were willing to spend up to $2,000 a month on disposable based things. Mm. Mm-hmm. Were you also, just to clarify, were you also getting at the point that because a t-shirt you can buy at Walmart, maybe that's why people won't buy age play t-shirts online because it's like, all right, well, maybe I can just go to the kids kids section at Walmart and just buy a playful t-shirt there versus an an, uh, ABDL company online where I have to pay for shipping and then wait for it and all that other fun stuff you have to calculate into a price. Yes. But I also think that being able to go to your local Walmart to buy those items kind of plays into that little fill because you know exactly where you're going to get those things. Uh, unless you specifically cannot fit in any of those and then you're pretty much stuck on the adult kid-like style things like the Ren and Stimpy's and stuff, T-shirts. Uh, the ABDLs who go to Target, Walmart, into the boys section, the girls section to buy those really large outfits to fit them. They're living into that fantasy of the little life because they're shopping in the little section, even in their mind. Let me play devil's advocate again. <laughs> Do you feel like, and I'll just use the example of playtime just cause I feel like you could level on that. Do you feel like maybe playtime's sales would be higher if they were sold in, let's say, a Walmart, let's say, a Target, because then you could go to a an actual store and live that fantasy of 
going into a store and buying the product versus just being on your computer late at night, drunk and high and buying aged play apparel like we all do sometimes? Oddly enough, in the digital world that we live in now, I definitely think that being in a brick and mortar store would increase it. Mm. Because looking at a place like Changing Times, mm. uh, they're wildly popular. They even have a map where you can pin where you're from. And I've seen that. And there are people from my area hit me up. Um, so definitely know that being in a brick and mortar store would definitely increase prices or not increase prices, increase sales overall, or at least just get that interaction where someone's like, I really want this shirt. And then they start thinking about buying it. And, you know, you kind of get them hooked on that reel of looking at all your stuff. Yeah. I, I think at the, at the center of this conversation is accessibility to, the garments right like you can't in the heat of the moment of like i really want a shirt that makes me feel little you can get in your car or get on the subway and go to a target or a walmart and buy something but like in the heat of the moment you might not necessarily get online find your favorite abdl t-shirt seller if they exist and then find the shirt, like scroll through, scroll through, scroll through by that time, because we've trained ourselves to have like no attention span on our phone. It's like, by the time I even hit, like put it in my cart, I don't even want it anymore. And you're like, okay, I'm, I've moved on from this feeling. And then right. Or you buy it and it comes in the mail a week and a half later. And then you're like, I don't even remember buying this. <laughs> now, what do I do with it? Right. And maybe you like, put it on and you're like, oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess I did like this. But yeah. It's, but it's different. No, you're totally right. Because when it's I went to thing. when I went to I forget the name of the store. It's in Vegas. Um, It's the ABDL um, diaper store in Las Vegas. There is, is something about times? is that changing times? Is it changing time? Yeah, I, don't know. I think I, I think swear so, that's changing. Now you're making me second guess it. I swear <laughs> that's changing times. If it is, they're a wonderful business. It's owned by the two most loveliest people. Anyway, um, no, there's something about going to a brick and mortar store and like perusing through the diapers and the clothing. I walked away with um, plastic pants. Did I need plastic pants? No. Do I need plastic pants? Yes. <laughs> but it was one of those things where I was like, all right, I made the effort. I literally drove here. I literally walked through the door. I literally did the time walking through the aisles. I think I now have to buy something. And you're right. Versus where if I was online, I could easily be distracted by something else and been like, I don't really need this. I, right. I'm on my couch. I don't really need to make the effort to buy this. So can I actually ask, did you feel more pressure to buy in store because people saw you come into the store? versus a pressure to buy online because no one's watching. You can easily exit an online site without anybody noticing and you feel no pressure to buy versus that kind of feeling most people get when they go into a store and they decide they don't want to buy anything. You get that awkward feeling of, I should have bought something. Yes, because I'm a huge, I love experiences. I'm a huge experience person. I will buy, if I have a good experience in a store, I will buy something. Cause I'm like, I had a good experience. I want to take something with me. Kind of like what we all did like as kids, if we had the, if we were good enough to go on like field trips and stuff, right? You would buy a souvenir at the end of your field trip. I'm kind of the same way in adult life. I'm like, I had a good experience in the store and they're an ABDL business. I want to support them. Let me buy a product because 
Sure, let's do it. So I brought I bought like extra pacifiers, plastic pants, pack of diapers, just on the basis of one, I drove here, and two, I want to support this business, and three, yeah, I kind of felt a little pressured because I walked in. I think that all of those things are important to to analyze. Like you spent time to go to the store, which means you wanted to make your time worthwhile by probably by buying something and you wanted to support this ABDL business, right? Because they're part of our community, which is like online, those things don't necessarily exist. Like you're like, yes, I understand that this is a, an ABDL company, but they're online. I'm sure someone else is buying something. Whereas like if you're at the store and no one else is there <laughs> and you're like, oh, maybe I should buy something if no one else is here. Right. To it kind goes, of carry that. It goes back to that point, Casey, you were kind of making how like e-commerce for some for some niches, it's actually kind of made it a little worse, right? Because you do have to factor in time and effort where when you're buying something online, it happens so quickly that we don't even analyze the time and effort. So we kind of go, oh, I guess we don't need this. Casey, can we talk about, is it easy for like, has Playtime ever looked into selling their products in already established brick and mortar stores? Do those conversations happen? They have, and I'm definitely going to start looking into them probably more in 2023, uh, just to make it more accessible and out there. Cause not everybody is online and some people do only shop at actual physical stores. Uh, so just to kind of make it more accessible, yes. Uh, I also just wanted to say to break the wall, when you're shopping online, most sites track that you're online. So where most people believe that only physical stores you're seeing when you're shopping, on online stores, we see when you're shopping too. And we know when you walk out without buying anything. So I just wanted to add that in there. It's a little heartbreaking, but you know. Oh, no. Are you, well, now, well, you know, you know me, I always like to ask the hard questions. Do you find, at least on the Playtime site, a lot of people going and perusing, but then not checking out? So if we release something like one of our newsletters or something, we'll usually link back to our store in some way. I will see a huge increase in people just immediately going to the store, but then it just stops there. The the paper trail just ends right at the store. Almost like they're looking for something new, but more in a window shopping sense. Right. I was I was just going to say, oftentimes if I get like an, a newsletter uh, in air quotes from an ABDL seller, I'll go to the website to see if anything is new. And if not, then eh, then whatever. I'm not going to buy anything. Um. But if there is new things, I'll look and I do win. Right. It's all window shopping. Oh, yeah. Which, totally. is, which is really hard because let's bring up the point of like we an ABDL business can't have a new product every time a newsletter comes out. That's just insane. That literally be insane. And businesses would sink. So it's almost kind of like, how do you solve that issue of here? I've just released this newsletter or I've posted something on social media, which we'll get to in a second. How do I how do I keep the customer in the store if I don't have anything new i mean how do you answer that question you don't that's the sad thing you 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 physically mentally you cannot answer that question 
being able to retain someone's attention online is almost impossible, especially when you have marketplaces like Amazon that have streamlined the rapid buy purchase system. Uh, you just, there's almost nothing to grab their attention. And that's why you go to these sites and they have those, you know, spin wheels with a discount on the side. And if you get your, to your email heal, you get a discount. You close out of that and then here's another border with a discount and here's this sale and this sale. And it's just to fight for your attention. Right. But there's no, there's no real way to win your attention unless you buy something. That's when we won. Right. Right. And if people are always thinking my niche fetish wear is expensive, they're already going into it like, they're already going into it like I can't afford it because it's not on Amazon.com. And I think as a as a person who makes things by hand for theater, film, and TV, it is like the amount of damage that the global clothing industry has done to like an individual maker is, is like insane because everybody thinks whether they whether it's at the forefront of their mind or the back of their mind, everybody thinks that they can get something next day, no matter what it is. And that it just appears at your doorstep in a package already done, as opposed to not thinking about the people who are making that happen. Right. right? No, totally. Agree. So, it also ends up like usually damaged, weaker material, uh-huh exactly material the fast fashion as you would call it but the fast fashion is what it's called everything so yeah because you go to h&m and you buy a five dollar t-shirt but it lasts you like a week before you get a hole in it and then you're like i don't know how to fix it because i don't have sewing skills so i have to throw it away and buy a new shirt or right you you're you buy from a reputable abdl store a nice abdl t-shirt that they've got good material and it's a little pricier but it lasts you a while right let's move on to right i think another big conversation a part of this is exposure right we usually buy things that have the most exposure you always hear people and i'm not dropping them but you know abu and tykables do get a lot of business just because when you ask an abdl what are you wearing they're either going to say abu or tykables however there are other diaper companies out there that sell diapers at a little cheaper cost but they don't get as recognized a lot because i like to think they don't have as much social media exposure so noah i know you just recently went through this how big is social media exposure when you're one starting to start a business and two getting it on its feet. Um, yeah, I think in 2022 as someone in their late twenties who wants to start a business, it's, it's like having social media and having a platform is so important. (laughs) So having lost, having just lost my platform, right. Is like, was kind of detrimental to not only like like starting the business and being able to spread the word that I was going to have a business or or even just like starting a just for fans, right? If you start a just for fans and you don't have the platform, no one's going to find you because that, how? Um but having a business is like the same way. Um 
without your platform, it's like, who's finding this? Because Google is not putting me on the up and up the same way that they're going to put ABU on the up and up because they're popular. Like they have the money to, to ask Google to put them high up on the registry. Right. And things Casey, like that. Casey, could you talk about, you know, how big is, how big is social media in playtime strategy when trying to find new and existing customers? So probably the biggest misconception with social media and business is that your audience are your customers. Mm. So you don't actually use social media to amass recurring customers. You use social media to only bring in new customers for the most part. You'll have your dedicated customer base who follows you and you know they may like your post here or there, but your main goal is to get your name spread out there more, the word of mouth method. And that's why you see the success with ABU and Tykables, especially with ABU being the most well-known one and having multiple facilities across different countries, uh, well, different continents, um, the word of mouth that you can get just from social media, that's where you're going to get most of your money, not from your actual social media page. So it's good to still have a presence, but that's only so that way it links back from where somebody's talking about you. Mm. Right. And of course we have Elon Musk currently owning Twitter. And I know there's a lot of sub conversations of, are we going to have another like downfall? Like we saw with Tumblr with Twitter. And if that happens, what's going to happen one to the community, but two for a lot of businesses, right? Like what happens if Twitter fell tomorrow? Like, could you still find new customers? new customers for your business or are you going to have to re regrow your following? I think a little bit of both. To, yeah, it's a right. little bit of both. Um, so I can speak kind of personally business wise uh, in terms of social media, you'll actually get most of your sales, especially if you use platforms like Shopify and stuff like that, which a lot of small businesses use. Most of your sales social media wise will actually come from Instagram and Facebook, mm. not Twitter. Mm. Um, so if let's say Playtime lost their Twitter because of Muskate going on <laughs> tomorrow, it would tank the business a lot because that's where we use to talk to people and share our content with people. But we wouldn't lose in terms of business wise because most people consuming that fast media, the fast market that we've known forever, those customers are on other platforms already. And those customers have signed up for your newsletter. Probably, Very true. Right. So even if they lose you on social media, you, they'll get an email next month. Oh, hey, remember us? <laughs> right. There you the go. harder ones is going to be like Noah trying to start a business or even the existing exactly. ones out there. Uh, you know, in terms of diapers, look at Kinky Dreams. Mm -hmm. So it's high cost because it's handmade. You don't mm -hmm. get a large quantity with it. But where would they go to spread their information? You can't sell that on Instagram. You could probably sell it in Facebook Marketplace. I want to advise you to because that's a little sketchy. But 
with businesses that are smaller than just your standard small time company or even a large scale company like ABU, social media is your everything because you're, you're fighting for that word of mouth, like violently fighting for that word of mouth. So you cannot lose something like Twitter where it is all words and all talking. Right. And, you know, while you were saying that, I was thinking too. you know, Twitter give what's great about Twitter, other than cross pollination, when you're talking about different things and kinks and st- such where Instagram, it's kind of like, unless I'm following you, I'll never see it. Um, there's a bit of a separation, right? Because Instagram and Facebook are connected. There's a bit of like, my real self is connected to this to this kink account. And I feel like that's why not a lot of people are on Instagram because it's too close together where Twitter, it's kind of like you can make a fake account or you used to be able to make a fake account. And if it got deleted, you can make another one and they'd be like, cool. We've never seen you before. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah. But now it sounds like it's getting a little harder, right? Cause Noah, you tried to actually create a new Twitter and that didn't go so well. Well, because I got a permanent suspension. And so um, like all of my information connected to my accounts, which is like, email address, phone number are like totally banned, which like is fine. I can use another email address, but I can't use my phone number. And, and you lose features if you can't input your phone number to your Twitter. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. There were some features that I found, at least when I was, when I had my Twitter that were like, uh, if you connect your phone number to this, then you can, then you can do this thing, but you can't otherwise and it was it was really specifically like messaging people who didn't follow me Mm. so like i'd go to message people who didn't follow me and twitter would be like you have to have a phone number connected to your account to do this wow they're really cracking down so it was like okay but as a person who's putting on events in new york city it's really important for me to be able to message people and say hey i see you're in new york city do you want to come to this event Regardless right. if they follow me or not. Right. So now that I can't put my phone number on it, it's like, you know, half of half of the reason I would be on Twitter to, to begin with isn't there. The other right. half being, you know, connection to the community, which is why I joined Twitter at all. Right. Let's move on to second last thing I want to move on to is right. We've talked about ways we could save money. So one way is cloth diapers, depending on your living situation. Another way is saving the product until next time. Right. We talked about that or buying a T-shirt versus a onesie. We talked about that a little bit. Have either of you ever tried to use your insurance to pay for for diapers? No, no. Uh, as somebody with a pelvic floor dysfunction, I'm going to tell you, and this this definitely goes out to any listener out there who's dealing with any kind of a continence, and they feel like the diapers or even a pull-up of sorts would help. They're just going to try to do surgery. They're just going to keep you in physical therapy and all this. Unless you are near bedridden, it's almost impossible to get that type of insurance uh coverage Unless you do have the good doctors out there that actually will take your word for it and understand your situation but as somebody who worked for amazon while dealing with this i was poked prodded i had probably about 10 different doctors fingers up my butt i've had balloons up my butt i've had everything shoved up in there 
just for the sake of going into debt. Wow. Nothing ever solved and constant physical therapy that did nothing. And I'm still dealing with the issues to this day, but instead of doing three to $600 on a doctor visit a month, I can spend a hundred dollars on diapers. I, I know someone on Twitter mentioned, you know, health savings accounts. Was that ever an option for you? Uh, no, not for me. Uh, I tried looking into stuff uh, just to kind of help out cost wise, especially for medical based. But I never could get the approval. It was constant. You need your doctor's approval, essentially, is what my insurance company constantly told me. Uh, and even the options, if I had gotten accepted and was able to use that savings for diapers, most of the options were so subpar, they wouldn't really help as much as they would hinder. So, Right. And then, of course, you have to think about you actually have to have an afford insurance to have a health savings yes. account, which I know I was going yes. to say, I don't know what your insurance situation is, Noah, but I know a lot of freelancers that they're like, I'd rather not have insurance and just like yep. hold my breath during the winter seasons where there's the cold going Lit around. Literally on the subway, I barely breathe. It feels like. And you're, you're paying for the insurance. You're paying for that low cost, possibly mm -hmm. free diapers because mm -hmm. those are limited by the way, in quantity. You're not getting, you could need way more than what they're giving you. So you're also mm -hmm. going to sink that cost. And you're paying for the doctor visits because they're going to want you to keep going to the doctors. Yes. And Just I think Casey, those checkups. Casey, you made so many good points that were like, you, a lot of insurances, I think the, the part of the conversation that's missing from, and obviously, because it will kind of deter you, but missing from the, you can use your HSA to buy our brand's diapers is like, but you also might have to get a doctor's note and you also might be limited to what you can buy and where you can buy it from and, and the quantity and the style. So like not every, because we live in, at least in the United States, like our insurances aren't all the same and they do not all work the same. And no insurance company is working for the customer, right? They're working for the company on purpose. And right. these aren't doctor notes like your walk-in mom and pop doctor or the <laughs> doctor you've been seeing since you were four. This is go to that doctor so they can recommend uh -huh. you to, like for my case, a gastroenterologist who then yes. recommends me to a surgical specialist who uh -huh. then recommends me to a physical therapist. And by that time, you know, Merry Christmas, you're opening bills, you're in debt mm -hmm. for eight grand. So, yeah. Right, just to save maybe a couple hundred dollars <laughs> on diapers exactly dang so the the cost of abdl is even truer for the ones of us that uh have any sort of incontinence issues so if you're wanting incontinence issues just know from somebody with it it sucks it can be fun when you put it into the abdl play but cost wise it's gonna kill you yeah, that's why I always joke. So my partner is a nurse. And so he's always he's he's always an advocate for insurance. And in the back of my head, I'm always like, yeah, but why is it so complicated? And I know we could that's probably going to open a door to everyone saying like universal. Health. I'm not going to have that conversation here. But I know insurance in this country is hard. It's confusing. It's stressful and good to those that have figured it out. I haven't figured it out um, in wrapping up. Final question for each of you. I'll start with with Noah, 
what do you have to say to people that do complain about price? Like what piece of advice or what any comment for those people that are like, it's too expensive. Final thought. I, I usually start with an eye roll and I'm like, it might be too expensive to you. Sure. Because you haven't thought through the process of, of making whatever it is. Right. But there's someone on the other side of that screen or on the other side of that product. That's like, we're kind of giving you a discount a little bit, or it's like, we need this <laughs> right. to survive on our end. Right. 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 But at the same time, I understand not being able to afford things. So. Right. It's just like real life. You know, we can't all afford Tesla. So we just have to buy what's within our means. Right. Uh, Casey, final question for you. What should people be thinking about when they are buying a product? And let's say they have that thought that runs across their head of it's too expensive. Is there any, is there any advice for people who may be thinking about buying a product and they're like, Oh, maybe I can't afford it or, or something like, like, what do you want to know? What do you want people to know from the business perspective when they are buying a product? When someone's buying something, we'll just use playtime as the hard example. If someone comes to playtime and they buy a shirt, I fully expect that they bought that as an investment. And that's how you should be looking at things. And that goes beyond ABDL. Everything in life is an investment in some way, whether it's to make your life happier, easier, more difficult because you like chastity, you know, everything is an investment. And so even if it's just a t-shirt and you say it's too expensive, well, why is it? Is it the material? Is it the artist who put the, you know, blood, sweat and tears into drawing it up? Is it the manufacturing that's getting done where somebody's standing over a hot machine printing a shirt out for you? Is it the hard work of the male people delivering it to you? You know, there's multiple costs that goes into that one t-shirt, that pair of socks that you don't really think of. So think of it as an investment. If you come to Playtime and you buy a shirt, you're investing into Playtime essentially. Right. No, that's a good point. And the more I think about it, it's like, you know, how much are you willing to invest in your kink community? Right. Are you willing to invest in just the diapers? Are you willing to invest in just the onesies? Are you willing to invest in these smaller businesses who they're, you know, they're AB deals that, you know, they're happy doing this new, th this business. Let's support them. You know, make, let's make it that they're happy doing their job and I'm investing into them. You're, you're literally investing in the community with new businesses. Yeah. And when you, and when you tell people that their product is too expensive at the same time, you're saying that their labor is not worth what it is, which is not nice. <laughs> right. I think, I think you, you bring up a very good point of, you know, I think before saying the phrase, oh, it's too expensive, maybe saying it's too expensive for me right now. Yeah. Right? Because you also don't want to spread that rumor of like, oh, don't buy from so-and-so. They're too expensive. Right. Maybe they're not. Maybe maybe within your means, they're expensive, but someone else's means, they can invest. So why are you deterring them from investing in the company or in that product? Always stop and actually think before you click that button whether it's the close button or the buy button, always stop and think. Or the Someone tweet button. Hard work into it. You know, even or the, the tweet, tweet Oh, God, yes. Please, on them tweet buttons. 
please no. don't be tweeting some things that are hurtful words, especially for, you know, parents in an ABDL scene. Or please even, don't be typing out some hateful words and stuff. Or I know I said final question, but I just want to throw it out there since we're on the topic. Before you post a defect on a product, whether it is a diaper or a clothing thing, think about would you want someone else to post a defect about you? It's my biggest pet peeve when I see people like, my tap ripped off, what the hell? Insert diaper company here. I'm like, why? There's a customer service email. Send it to them. I was They're just going to say, that customer okay, service so... phone number is right there, and I don't need to read about your tape ripping. <laughs> I'm going to get hate for this one, and I already know it. And everyone, my DMs are open to all your hate. <laughs> I'll take you as much as I took the last person that tried to hate on me. Okay. Um, enjoy the free content that you'll get. I'm fully okay with people posting on social media that if it's something like my tab ripped, as your example is, um, that's happened to me several times in multiple batches for multiple months in a row. And I rely on these products. So when tabs are breaking constantly and I'm the only one that's having it happen seamlessly because nobody else is posting about it and I'm trying to contact customer service and all I get is, you know, either discount, maybe a replacement on it or something, this, that, the other. How do I know the problem is getting solved? Mm. But when a lot of people, and I've had this discussion with someone before, when a lot of people are very boisterous about something you're passionate about, uh, look at most movements out there that are successful. When you have passion behind your voice, things can get heard, especially when a business is very large scale. Things get lost in the weeds. Smaller scale business, I definitely understand not just throwing the hate online. Reach out to that business owner in some way, form, or fashion about the issue. But as a business scales up, you can't hold it to the same standards as a small business owner. So I don't hold Kinky Dreams at the same standard as ABU because one is somebody who is by themselves making something and another one is a global team making something. So yeah, things can get really lost in the weeds and certain needs to get fixed. That's not saying post everything that's wrong with everything online. Don't be a Debbie Downer. But if you're seeing this happen multiple times, you're reaching out to support, it's okay to show a concern and ask if anybody else is having it. But it doesn't mean go put them on full blast every time. Playtime's not perfect, and we, we do have our own customer service line, and I have had to answer it. No one's perfect. But also, you, you got to have some form of communication to where the customer knows the issues are being solved. So maybe the post, instead of saying, what the hell, insert diaper company here, maybe it's, has anyone else experienced this? Just trying to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, okay. I've so maybe, maybe less thorny, maybe a little more, less, what is it, less sour, maybe a little more sugar in the hate? Yeah. There you go. All right. Yeah. Just because we're all ABDLs, you don't have to be bratty. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, thank you, Casey and Noah, to coming to Newsy Snook and talking about the price of being an ABDL. Thank you for having, having me. Bye. <laughs>
right, kiddos, before we go, I have one quick announcement. It is my birthday, November 21st. I am turning two. Point nine. So if you want to get me something, send me send me your pictures of your soggy diapers. That's all I want. I just want pictures of your soggy diapers. All right, kiddos. I'm officially soggy, so I got to go change. See ya. Bye. Ha. It's no secret that I'm a mega soaker. Sometimes I just put on a diaper, drink a little water, and bam, I'm leaking all over the place. And I'm left thinking, is it me? Am I the soaker? And then I found North Shore's Mega Maxes. Have you seen them? They say they can last up to 12 hours. 12 hours, I know! And they come in a variety of colors like white, pink, tie-dye, and blue. My favorites is blue. And the best part is, it's anti-odor, so I can be my little stinker self all I want. If you want to get your grabby hands on them, just look in the show notes of this episode. I got you. It's like what North Shore always says. Be dry. Be confident. Be you.